0: We turn back now to the portion of the words that we read together in Hebrews. And we'll find our text this evening in Hebrews chapter 2. And we we'll read these well known words in verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great? Salvation. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? You know, of course, that this um, uh, book is very much um, the theme of it, very much is uh, showing uh, that Christ is. Uh, superior to the old Judaism which it would seem that some and uh, the Judaism, Judaistic ways that some were clinging on to and not willing to let go of the Jews, even those who seem to have come to faith in Christ but still lingering, maybe are yearning after some of the old ways as well. But The apostle makes very clear here that uh, there is no great comparison uh, with Christ and what he has done. While these things of uh, the old were pointing to him, these things were now left behind. And so the superiority of Christ as the only way of salvation, not by their works, not by their religiosity, not by being the children of Abraham, as it were. That was not enough to be saved. And here now he comes and he makes it very clear and pointed in these familiar words. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? That's obviously a rhetorical question. It is one that the answer to it is obvious. There is no escape. They said that a man who once picked up a tract in the street and uh, on the back page of it is what he saw, first of all, when he picked it up, it was written this, there shall £50,000 reward for anyone who answers the question on the other side of this page. And he was very obviously excited. and couldn't wait to see. And of course, the text was what we have here. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Needless to say, not by him, but by not by anyone else. Has such a reward been given? It remains unclean to this day. Because friends, there is no escaping the judgment of God if you neglect salvation through Christ. There is no other way. Peter elsewhere makes that very thing, that very point very clear. Neither salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given amongst men, whereby we must be saved. Very clear, very clear. And that, friends, is what I would wish to bring before you tonight, that there is no other way And the question here, this rhetorical question that we have here before us in our text, to apply it to yourself and to myself tonight. I'll begin then, the first point is this man's condition by nature. Now, man's condition by nature is that he is lost. Man is lost at the outset. And that applies to every single person born Into this world. And the Bible, as we all know, makes that very clear. I don't think anyone here, from the youngest to the oldest, will not have some inkling of that, at least, that that is what the Bible teaches. Not only that man is lost, but also teaches very clearly that man cannot save himself, not by your works not by your religiosity, not by anything. There is no way that any man can save himself. And friends, that applies to a person who knows the gospel and who hears the gospel. And like yourselves here who come to church from Sabbath to Sabbath. That applies to you as much as the heathen who has never heard the gospel. There is no difference. We may think sometimes... Well, these poor people, they know nothing. They've never had or heard a gospel sermon. But you see, don't you see that that makes you more responsible for your response? Sitting under the gospel, hearing this time and time again, what you are by nature, what you need to be saved. And you are as lost as that person who has never seen a Bible. Except... You come to Christ. There is no other way to be saved. And so until oppression, until you tonight, my friend, that you come to realize and to acknowledge that you are lost, that you're, if you like, imprisoned by sin. And until you come and cry out for mercy and cry out to the only one who, as it were, is able to open that door where you are imprisoned, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, as he is freely offered in the gospel. There's your hope. There is no other hope. There is no other way for you to break free, to cry out to him. He is there. He is willing and he is able to save, willing and able to save the lost. Again, something you know very well. That is what the Bible teaches. But until you realize this, until you come to your senses and see, that this is the only way to be saved, but as way every other way that you imagine will do you, you will continue in that prison house of sin and you will be in chains there for the rest of your life and into eternity and through eternity. You see, at the moment, you are by nature, as everybody is, man's condition, every man's condition by nature is that you are, as it were, already I said, if I can put it this way, on remand, in custody, already found guilty, but you're just awaiting sentence. And that sentence, dear friend, is a terrible sentence. That's every man by nature, not just some, but everyone who is born into this world. And our text here has a clear word in it as well, doesn't it? that immediately draws our attention, is the word escape. How shall we escape? That's a word immediately, surely will make us think about other things. If I need to escape, I must be imprisoned. And is there a way of escape? Well, here is the way of escape. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And that escape there. It it surely brings us to the thought of being imprisoned and captive and locked up. But the trouble far too often is that some put that away from themselves. And they think of others. And they think of other people who are like that. That's not me. I don't feel that at all. And looking away from ourselves, friends, the danger of that. But this, dear friend, applies to us all. This is addressing us all as we are by nature. We are all by nature, we are captive to sin. That's how it is with us all. So what prison tonight are you in? The prison house of sin. The prison house of sin is holding. That's where you are chained tonight. The Bible tells us that we're all born in iniquity and sin, or shaped in iniquity and sin, Psalm 51. What does that mean? Well, we're already found guilty. We need to be saved. We need to be freed before the holy judgment seat of God. And dear friends, an eternal punishment in a lost eternity, it's the inevitable sentence that will come to us if we die without Christ, if we are still found in this prison house, when the day comes, when we're called out of this sin of time. You see, God's holy justice would not allow him to set any free when we're still in our sin and when we are still have not found forgiveness, when we have not asked for forgiveness truly. Dear friend, you need to realize tonight the awful situation you are in by nature. I need to realize it. I had to realize it. Every Christian here can say that they remember now when they were like this. They realize the way they were. And that's what every Christian here would like you to realize. This is the situation. This is what is true of you. And do you know tonight then that terrible lost situation and the consequences of it The consequences of dying your sin as you were by nature coming into this world. There are some people here, I'm quite sure, say, well, that's fine. I know I'm not saved." You might be saying tonight, I know I'm not a Christian, but I'm not yet lost. My friend, that's why you're mistaken. You're already lost. You're already lost. Don't start thinking, I'm not a Christian but I'm not lost. And you see how foolish that is you stop to think about it. There's only the lost and the saved in this world. There's only the lost and the saved. And that's the question for you. Which one are you tonight? This is where you can be making a great mistake. You're already lost if you live in a godless life. A life without Christ is a godless life. A godless life is not necessarily just somebody who lives a terrible life and drunkenness and debauchery and thieving and murdering. That's not just a godless life. That is a godless life. But there's more to it than that. Without Christ is a godless life, very upright, you may well be, and a good family man, a good mother, a good father, whatever, all that thing may be good about you. And still, this will be true of you because we are born as i said in iniquity and sin and because of that we are lost and we will continue if we continue in that condition that prisoners until the day that we repent of our sins and seek the lord dear friend think of the consequences you know so many people they are lulled into a false sense of security in unbelief, a false sense of security in a way that blinds them to so much. In the prisoners of sin, simply because, well, yesterday is as today, and every tomorrow will be likewise, and there won't be much change. You think, well, God hasn't judged me so far. I've lived so many years. Some of you here who are even past there three score years and ten, and some of the younger ones, and middle-aged. And God hasn't judged me so far, despite me not being a Christian. I'm still going on in life. Is that how you're thinking? That tomorrow will always be as today? Well, God hasn't cast me down, hasn't cut me down. I know that I'm a sinner. Listen to the words we have in Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Because sentence against me and evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the heart of man is fully set to do evil. Just because God has not dealt with you now, you continue in your sin. And God is, as it were, putting up with you now. And you're abusing that position. You're not seeing it as an opportunity to seek him and to repent. Dear friend, do you not see then? How shall you escape if you neglect so great and gracious salvation? You're so used to it. You know, sometimes, through you read yourselves about some people who are in prison a long, long time. And they've been so long in prison, they get so used to it, And they become institutionalized. And as they grow, they don't really want to go back out. They're quite comfortable where they are. It's the way of life that they're used to. It becomes familiar to them. It's a familiar environment for them. You know, friend, I have no doubt that some here this evening are like that. You've become so used and comfortable as it were in the prison house of sin, and there's no great desire to get out of it. It has become to you just a day-to-day routine. Nothing is happening, no bad things as such are happening in your life. Life goes on, and your existing level, if you like, of religiosity, is all that you need, you think, you're comfortable with. Is that you tonight? Can you say that for yourself here this evening? Does this described you. My friend, be warned of your situation. Realize the situation you are in. Salvation is offered to you. Freedom is offered to you through the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in Christ, faith in Christ, and accept your trust and turn to Him, not just with an outward forum, but with a true desire that that he would change you, that he would give you a new heart, new desires, new life. Then I ask you, indeed, the Lord asks you in this world, how shall you escape if you neglect so great salvation? Well, the answer, of course, you cannot. Well, there is no other way, there's no other name given. This is the way. So by nature, then, man, every man within the prison house of sin And we cannot escape from it and will die in it except we seek the Lord. What is a Christian is one who was in that prison house, but by God's grace able to break free by seeking the Lord and finding him as the way out of that sinful condition. Some of us were far too long in. Man's condition by nature. Then, then, secondly, let us then look at this freedom. The freedom that is ours in Christ. Freedom through the gospel. And what is offered to all in the gospel is nothing less than Christ himself. That sums it all up. Christ himself is freely offered to us. And having Christ as our Savior, it means being free. And that and that alone, friend, is Freedom through freedom. Free from the condemnation of the law. Free from the punishment our sins deserve. Do you realize tonight what your sins deserve? You know, sadly, that's a problem. Because I believe that some of you here that you don't believe what your sins deserve. You just are not taking in what it is to sin against a holy God. You just are not taking in what it is to be in the prison house of sin and the consequences of it. Your rebellion friend cannot go unpunished because God is a holy God. And as a holy God, he must deal with sin. As we saw, all mankind by nature, in the strictest sense, are prisoners, the transgressors of the law. And because we are transgressors of the law, therefore we are condemned. So what are we to do? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, the great salvation in Christ? This, friends, I know you're saying, well, that's so simple. I've heard it a thousand times before. My friend, if you have, what have you done about it? And except we repent, we'll remain condemned. But the mercy of God is here, friends, as well. The mercy of God is seen in the Scriptures. How is that seen? Because he gives us all that way of freedom, the way of escape. You see, he cannot ignore, as a holy God, he cannot ignore his own holy justice, his own laws. It's not possible for him to do that. But he does show us, friends, and this is the wonder of the gospel. He does show us his justice can be and has been satisfied. Not by man, but he gave a son. God-man. He gave a son to propitiate and to do what we couldn't do. He gave a son to bring about that reconciliation between sinful man and a holy God. That's what you need, my friend. Or should I say, he's what you need, and who you need To believe Christ, to believe in him, because he needs to be and to be seen and to know him as your substitute. You need to see him as the one who bore the penalty for your sin, what your sins and mine deserve. That's the freedom through the gospel. But it's you and I could never meet the demands of the law. You and I could of ourselves never satisfy the justice of God. This is the only way of freedom from eternal damnation that you and I deserve. It is in Christ and through Christ and by Christ. That's what is offered to us all in the gospel. That's what the gospel is all about. That's what gospel preaching is all about. Well, at least it should be. This is what it's all about, bringing The message, the good news of the gospel. What's the good news? Freedom. Free from the curse of the law. Because another has borne that curse for us. You all know that. But sadly again I say, while you all know about it, some of you aren't really interested. That sadly is the reality. Despite here, don't think that people aren't thankful for it, your regular attendance, where the message is proclaimed from week to week. Yet here you are tonight, and you know it. Here you are tonight, still without God, without hope, without faith. Why is that? Well, it's because You just don't believe the scripture tells you there is no other way of escape. That's the reality, friends, however you want to put it. Or you say, but I do believe it. Well, my friend, you've got a funny way of showing it. If you have not as yet, as it were, shown it and nailed your colors to the mast and whose side you're on. Show it by your life. Show it by your profession. That you have been set free. That you have been set, put your trust in Christ. That you've realized that you needed Christ. And that you realized you couldn't save yourself. Show it then. The freedom of the gospel. This is what is required. And if you are here tonight, present or, or listening in or whatever, and you're still living without your sins forgiven, Then, how shall you escape? It cannot be. Oh, my friend, I I plead with you tonight. I know you've heard this message before, time and time again, but across to you, and maybe far better way and clear way by greater preachers than I ever can be. But I say this to you I plead with you still. I plead with you that you will come to Him, that you will ask for mercy, that you will pray for forgiveness that you will see that this is the only way you can get out of the prison house you're in. That from the youngest person here, youngest child to the oldest person, this is the only way. There is no other way. There is no escape. There is no freedom in any other way. You need to turn us. As a prophet of all put it, turn ye, turn ye. Why will ye die? How shall these gifts make so great? That's a great salvation, friends. It's great in many ways. It's a great salvation for who planned it. God the Father. It's a great salvation for who purchased it. God the Son. And it's a great salvation for who applied it. God the Holy Spirit. The triune God. There's the way. They... The God had they their Father, Son and Spirit, but is also great in this way, is that it embraces countless numbers of any and all who will not neglect it. Why is it that there are some Christians here tonight? Because of this very thing, that this great salvation took them in. Made willing in a day of his power. My friend, you need to believe that tonight. Are you neglecting? Are you a neglector here this evening when you can have the freedom that is yours in Christ in the gospel? And if you believe, yes, even this moment, this very night before you leave this place, you can know this freedom for yourself. This is the way, walk in it. This is the only way. There's the freedom of the gospel that is here for any and all who will come. And so we see then, friends, what we are by nature. We also see the freedom that is ours through the gospel. Excuse me. And thirdly, there is also this word neglect. Neglect. How shall we escape if we neglect? There's the word escape and the word neglect. Two words here. That word neglect is the idea of um, making light of something. You remember how in the in Matthew twenty-two the invite from the king for those who come to to a wedding feast. And some made excuses. They made light of the king's invitation. Not parable. Well, this is the same idea here. Making light of it. And that's what some of you are doing here tonight, son. You're making light of this salvation. What we have here is not someone imprisoned and there is no way of escape. That's not what's here at all. It is not here is a picture of someone who's in such chains. He is never able to escape. There's no way out for them. My dear friends, there is a way. And this is what is brought before us here in the gospel here and elsewhere. There is a way. But not if you neglect the way. There's the whole thing. It's neglected. I know many here tonight are neglecting it and have been neglecting it. It's all about you see as well. This is another It's all about here of what um, what you are not doing more than what you are doing. It's what you're not doing. It's what we call the sin of omission. You know, we speak about sins of omission, but we don't do sins of commission things we do. Indeed, in one sense, is it not the greatest sin of omission to neglect your salvation? You see, often we we think of sin sometimes as what we do, things that we do. Doing this, doing that, doing the next thing. What may be obvious to, to others and to yourself, doing things. You know, whether it's thieving or uh, uh, drunkenness, all these kind of things. don't need to go into these things. That's all doing these things. And seeing it in such a way to think, well, I do other things. I go to church. I'm a good neighbor. I'm a good father. I'm a good mother. I'm a good child to my parents. I'm a good worker. I'm an honest person. That may be true. And I pray it is of all, but it's about something you don't do. That's the problem. What you are not doing. And that is the greater sin. And that is what condemns you. It's not so much what you are doing which may be sinful or may not be. But it's what you're not doing. And what you're not doing is escaping in the only way you can uh, find freedom. And that's what we have here. It's neglecting the way of salvation. Here is the important thing for you to do. It is what you don't do. There's the problem. It's what you don't do that condemns you for eternity, for eternity. neglect in the way, indeed, the only way of salvation. Christ freely offered in the gospel, and yet you neglect in that way that he came into this world to seek and to save the lost, and you're saying, not enough for me. I'll get my own way to heaven. How many people are thinking in that way? not yet maybe dismissing even Christ has said, but in some way or other, I'm going to get to heaven. I'm going to get to glory. Some or other thinking that. And who here, be honest tonight, who here doesn't think they'll be in heaven one day? Not a soul, I'm sure. I venture to say not one person. Some or other you're thinking, oh, I'll be in heaven one day. Well, my friend, do you not understand that doing nothing is what will condemn you and leave you for eternity in the prison house of sin? Do you not understand the inevitable consequences of neglecting the only way of salvation? Oh, but I I, I pray, I read, I attend the means. Stop right there, friend. Stop right there. That may be true. But don't tell me what you do, think about what we have here, what you're not doing. You're not dealing with the matter before you. And it makes clear in his word that this is what is necessary for all. It is about what you're neglecting. Your doings, friend, I say this to you. Your doings, if you think they're good enough to get you to heaven, that's obnoxious to God. Anything that's outside of trusting in Christ freely offered in the gospel, God hates. Hates. If that's the way you think you're going to get to glory. Faith in Christ is the only way of escape. And if you neglect his offer of salvation, there is no other way. No other way. Remember what the angel said to Lot, to his family who had to flee from Sodom. Well, he says to you tonight, escape for thy life. Escape for thy life. Where am I going to escape? To Christ, as he is freely offered in the gospel. Flee, my friend, while you still have opportunity. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Now, I have no doubt that some of you here tonight find some of this, well, I don't believe I'm imprisoned by sin. I don't believe I'm under in any way whatsoever under the sway of the devil. And indeed, even if you believe that, so, you believe them in the nest, well, I'll turn over a new leaf sometime. I'll get a way of escape somewhere. I'll start a new life when it suits myself. Oh, friend, Thinking that how you are now, where you are now, is not really that bad. Well, beware of this. I tell you this, the longer you postpone it and put it off, the more chains, as it were, have to be broken to get you free. Because sin ensnares more and more each day. And you'll find it harder the longer you leave. Some of us who are maybe longer in life, get becoming Christians, we know what that is like. Some of those here who are older now, you might be thinking, Have I let the day of opportunity pass? Well, I say this to you, haven't, but tomorrow may be too late. Now is the time. I was recently trying to get into a, a building. And the door, I just couldn't open the door. Why was that? Well, the lock had seized up because of lack of use. Now, it was obvious how I'm going to get through this door. It was clear where the entrance was. But I had left it so long, I couldn't get through the door. The way was unmistakable. I could see it. But it was no longer open for me. Would not open. Why was that? Well, and this is true, the lock was all rusted with lack of use. Because, you see, I should have used the key long before I did. I had left it too late. Or oh, that that would not be true of any here tonight. Leaving it too late. to neglect. I hope that you are here tonight and that's not true of you. But I say to you, now is the time. Now is the time. Don't neglect it any longer. Not for another day. If you do, you will lose out on the way of salvation. And what a tragedy it is that anyone in Stornoway Congregation here in San Cruz what a tragedy it is. Knowing all that you know. Heard all that you've heard. pointed out to you time and time again on countless occasions and you leave it too late. And the door that will open now for you won't take you into glory but into a lost eternity. My friend, think. You. you open your eyes not in heaven, despite all that you thought, but into that awful place where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Why does that have to be so? Well, my friend, only because you neglected the way of salvation. I was reading today of a, an old Welsh minister. and he began his sermon like this. I want to end my sermon like this. He leaned over the pulpit to his people, and he said, I'm going to ask you one question, a question I cannot answer, a question you cannot answer, A question the devils cannot answer. A question no angel even can answer. And a question that even God himself cannot answer. How shall you escape if you neglect so great salvation? Amen. O Lord our God, when thou open the eyes of the blind, when thou Lord do thy work by thy spirit tonight, that even one soul, O oh Lord, even more than one soul, would in this place tonight realize the need to flee to Christ before it is too late. For there is no way of escape if any of us neglect this great. Salvation in our great Savior. In whose name we ask it all. Amen.